I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Man has made his match. Now it's his problem. Today, we're going to be talking about Gemini Rue, a game that was developed by Joshua... <laughs> I need a pronunciation guide on this podcast. <laughs> a game that was developed by Joshua Neumberger, published by Wadget Eye Games, and was released in 2011 on Windows, 2013 on iOS, and 2014 on Android. Uh, but first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, so this is... In every sense of the word, a very classic point-and-click adventure game, uh, but one that has, I guess, a couple of wrinkles. Um, but my experience with the game, and you can chime in if you think I'm full of shit on this, uh-huh. is that this game is so narratively focused that it didn't, it shouldn't have needed any mechanical wrinkles to set itself apart, really. Uh, I, I find this game interesting, and I like the game, and when I think about it, I think about what happens in the game, and not about the fact that there's, like, a weird shooting mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree. Um, it's, um, yeah, the shooting mechanic is the one that stands out the most, mm-hmm. Um but, like, I do like that you can, like, switch back and forth between the characters, and I think... Like, maybe I just like point and clicks or kind of like comfort food, but like I kind of like all the point and click uh, trappings as well. But yeah, it, it does kind of feel like it's trying, aspiring, reaching for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It, you just kind of end up with like a, like a tin of mixed nuts <laughs> with not enough mixed. <laughs> with not it's, enough most, nuts mixed it's mostly in. peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I like peanuts because peanuts are comfort food, and in this metaphor, peanuts yes. are the point. My of perfect mechanic. metaphor that I made. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can call the Guinness Book of World Records for most coherent metaphor, yeah. JJ's not here to make the food analogies, so I got to do it. Yeah, you're picking up the slack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I and I fully agree with that, mostly because you were agreeing with me. Um, <laughs> That's what's important. That is. Um, But yeah, it it is. It has such a classic point and click thing. And like, I do kind of want to go over the mechanics first, because I feel like that's not where the depth is, really. Um, And so we can get through it and then jump on. But uh, the actual point and click stuff is, (laughs) I would say, medium as far as like the genre goes. But the game is so short that it never really grates on you. Like, we both know the pain of the 11th hour, uh, like, Grim Fandango, freeze the jello situation. Mm -hmm. Like, it's something that when you've played the game for a period of time, it's it's almost tiring to deal with the more abstract adventure game stuff. Yeah, we've talked about this with uh, RPGs before, but it does crop up in just a lot of older games, like a late game difficulty spike. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, point and clicks is definitely something that is just exhausting. Yeah, you're like, man, I feel like I've done so much to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to put my brain into overdrive to close out the last like bit of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and to its credit, like this game does kind of have that in my opinion, in the form of the, the weather tower, whatever it's, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, segment, 
but it's a short segment and it isn't too bad like in comparison to like it's it's kill it's 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 kin uh, there it is it's ilk it's and ilk it's and kin. it's ki- it's killed yeah it's very stylish uh-huh. and fashionable uh so i never found myself really like mad at the mechanics of this game yeah it's it's length like it, it it's its brevity i think helps it out a lot yeah. um in a lot of ways like it almost kind of makes it feel more like authentically like the games it's emulating too mm-hmm. i think there's there's something about it and we'll get more into that because we want to do mechanics right now but like uh yeah i think that that definitely does it a lot of favors it feels like more focused somehow even though its focus is a little like divided it's and spread in re- a little thin. in reality yeah <laughs> yeah there's this whole um segment of the game where when you're playing as uh like the the detective um asriel asriel uh, you, there are these, um, like terminals that you can access that have a search bar and you can type stuff into them and, and like search things up and find it out, which is a really interesting piece, like a thing to do. Yeah. I, I really like that element. It, it, it feels so like such a good idea for like a Blade Runner cyberpunk like detective game, but yeah, you don't really get to use it that much. Yeah, it feels a little underutilized. Yeah, um, it's like there's not enough freeform investigation in this game in order to like call it a like a an investigation mechanic. It's like a problem solving mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a little bummed about it because I really like it as a concept. Uh, it's not the only game to do it, but like we've talked about her story and how much I love that game. So you fucking give me a search bar. Apparently, I just <laughs> get real into it. Yeah, like you have this communicator, and like you can like drag stuff from the communicator into the terminal and like search for people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can't imagine like her story is a good uh, thing to touch on, but like just like acquiring names from people like talking to them and then like having to search them in the computer and like go through results to like find out stuff about them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could see it like a game just all like based around that. Um, but yeah, it, we get like a shallower version in this. Yeah. And I think it has some, it's a little bit to do with the fact that there are two protagonists that you switch between, mm-hmm. um, which goes a long way to sort of make it. So only parts of the things that you're doing apply to half of the game yeah so you end up kind of split if there was if it was more in depth i feel like it would be a more as real focused game mm-hmm. um but i don't know it's still cool that it's in there i feel like a lot of the stuff in this game like the shooting mechanics like the 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 terminals uh feel very like proof of concepty. yeah I agree. Yeah, like there's like a point and click game and then like a couple of other like stray ideas they thought would be cool like layered in there. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's pretty that honestly like I think we should we should touch on the shooting mechanics and mm-hmm. then dive full force into uh the narrative that the game yeah. sets up. I wanted to bring up real quick yeah. um that I I actually like I have one thing I like one thing I dislike about the actual pointing and clicking you do. Okay. Um I like that when you like right click on something to interact with it, you get all of your verbs and your inventory in mm-hmm. one little box. Like I think that's convenient. 
Um, and it's like, it's pretty intuitive, like how to, to use them. I think like you, I, at least I did like fell into like, oh yeah, I can like kick things, like try my foot on things that make sense. (laughs) And you're usually rewarded and you're not like, ah, how was I ever supposed to do that? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was nice. But then I also hate that you can't just open the inventory. You have to click on something. So you got pluses, a plus and a minus there. Yeah, I actually, I'm glad that you mentioned this because I probably would have let it slide, uh, but you don't fucking get it. You don't get to get one by me, Wajidai Games. Uh, the the inventory thing frustrated me because there were elements of the game where I felt like I had, in my big smart brain, mm-hmm. figured out the solution to the problem, but it required me to use an item in the inventory, and then realized that that wasn't the solution because I couldn't independently use an item in the inventory. Like, there wasn't a, an option to, like, like, when you could combine items in other uh, games, mm-hmm. like in other point and clicks, this doesn't really have that. So you like when I was like, oh, if I took the screwdriver and whatever else, I don't remember, mm-hmm. uh, and tried to combine them together, there was no option to do that. You couldn't look at the inventory to do it. So I had to search something else out. So yeah, it. it I guess in a way it means that like I should have been focusing my mental energy on things that were more apparent in the environment, mm-hmm. but also at the same time it felt. It felt like a very valid solution was being denied to me uh, by not being able to access the inventory, which is a bit lame. Mm-hmm. Uh, full agree on the uh, other stuff, though. I like. Uh, I'm a big fan of the old like Sierra games, um, like King's Quest. Yeah, where you have like all of the different verbs and like represented as like you know your eyes. You look at stuff, and then they always had like. The goofy ones, like, you have a tongue, and then you yeah. need to be like, can I lick that? And it goes, don't do that. <laughs> don't want to lick a door. Uh, in this game, it represents it as talking, which is probably wiser, but it's mm-hmm. a little less funny. The kick really served for me that purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, also, I just want to mention, I guess this is kind of part of the shooting, because the shooting is like 90% of the time that you're going to die in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh this is the point-and-click adventure game that would just straight kill you. Uh, it's not uncommon in the genre when taken as a whole, but it's like, to me, it feels very old. I feel like older adventure games killed the player more often, mm-hmm. and newer ones will just let you keep doing stuff over and over again. Yeah. Um, and I thought it worked really well with the setting. Yeah, no, it's appropriate in this kind of, of game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the game has this like weird <laughs> cover shooting. Uh, I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was fairly engaging, but when it became more complicated, like the final version of shooting where there's like multiple enemies and you can lean out both ways, mm-hmm. I felt like the number of buttons on the screen was a bit like mm-hmm. <laughs> a little, I don't know, difficult to parse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, for the most part, I, I enjoyed there being like a slightly different challenge on occasion. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I agree. Um, it is a little simple. I think um, for what it is. And I think similarly to the terminals, I just kind of wish it would have like either been in there more or maybe not been in there at all. <laughs> you know, like it, it falls on that kind of like middle ground. Um, but no, kind of like you were, we were saying though earlier, like even though it doesn't get like, feel like it gets like fully fleshed out, it still kind of feels cool that it's there. Yeah. Like additive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good job. <laughs> uh, it does. It does just feel like a lot of effort put into a system that doesn't get used very much. I yeah, guess that's yeah. kind of where I land and on it. It is nice that the it gets um, used in both with both characters. Yeah, and they get to make uh, a narrative connection where you're. When you're playing in the facility, I forget what it is called. Base nine. It's not that. I don't remember what it's called either. Yeah, whatever the the facility that people get sent to is, uh, <laughs> you are training in weapons use. So they get to integrate the tutorial for the mechanic in a way that feels like narratively natural, mm-hmm. which is more than you can say about a lot of tutorials. So I'll give them a passing grade for that at least uh it's a it's a neat thing yeah it's cool yeah uh but narratively it's mystery may Mm -hmm. so we gotta talk about this fucking mystery that's going on uh this game faked me out like 15 times and i was really satisfied by it uh (laughs) i had a, a a jj with transistor moment with this game where I immediately called the twist as being they're both the same guy. Right. Um, um, I know, just for context, um, we played Transistor, and I guess spoilers for Transistor, if you haven't played it and want to, mm-hmm. you get three, two, one. <laughs> Spoiler time. Um, but the beginning of the game, you pull a sword out of a dead body, and the so- like, in your main character's lost her voice, but the sword has a voice, and it talks to you and narrates things. Right. Um, and JJ just, like, intuited that it was the voice of your dead boyfriend. Uh, yeah. Um, and I thought that was, like, wild that he made that, like, intu- like that leap in logic, given that you have no context at the beginning of the game for <laughs> any of that. Um, but, like, I did that with this to the extent that, like, I just, like, I don't know if it's because I am a Gemini it's like uh, my zodiac sign, and I know that like in reference to like yourself, it's supposed to mean you have like two sides to your personality. So I was already kind of like thinking of it like that. But it actually took me probably like an hour and a half to realize that I was supposed to think that Delta Six was my brother that I'm looking for. Oh right, <laughs> like okay. I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't uh, realize what the game wanted me to think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I had. Uh, I would say that I connected the dots vis-a-vis it being the same person during the, like, second Delta Six part of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was like, okay, the science fiction game. I think I, I used a little bit of, like, trope space to kind of explore, yeah. like, what I was thinking about. And made the connection, like, they are probably the same. Uh but when I say the game through, I mean, it did. It definitely had the wool. My eyes were full, were firmly covered by wool mm-hmm. on that for, like, at least a few hours of gameplay. Um, but it also just, like, had all of these different threads that I thought were going to be, like, the main thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, because the game opens with you looking for Matthias. Uh, yeah. And not, not really being certain exactly what it is. Uh, that you're doing, and then when the game switches over and has a second protagonist, should note at this point, uh, I never look at the promotional material for games that we're covering if I haven't just already naturally seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a thing that I do to keep like the podcast unbiased and more just like I don't 
do it for anything that I do. So it's kind of just a natural extension of my mm-hmm. person. So I didn't know going in about the two protagonists thing. Yeah, me neither, actually. Yeah, so it was that was surprising. Uh, finding Matthias's body and, like, having to get him, like, the drugs and stuff was mm-hmm. surprising. I would have expected something different. Um, that's a different guy. That it was the guy who owns the ship is the yeah, one that you find yeah, yeah. on the ground. Uh, so I even threw myself for a loop there at the end. Uh, but the game definitely kept me on hooks for the majority of its runtime. I was always interested in finding out what the next narrative thread was going to be. Yeah, it's it's got that good like detective story intrigue. Yeah, like breaking into the apartment and finding the dead body or the the passed out body. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a very memorable part of it, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, and, like, uh, having to, like, infiltrate the gang and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of good moments. And, like, everything in the facility feels very cool, too, in, like, a different way. It's got more of, like, a... Almost, like... I don't know if horror is the right word, but, like, a weird sci-fi, like, thing with, like, creepy implications behind the scenes, sort of tone yeah it's like that dystopian sort of thing it's yeah. got like soylent green is like a great example i think of mm, something that straddles yeah. that line where it yeah. is a science fiction movie but it's like unsettling yeah it's a little twilight zone yeah yeah also a good one mm-hmm. uh and i think and it all works really well i was okay there's a lot of things that go into why it works really well yes i want to pick on kind of a minor one right now sure that like i was just genuinely shocked by I think the voice acting in this game, while not, like, Oscar-level fucking blow-you-away great, uh, one, surprising that it's there at all, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. I was like, didn't this did not strike me as a game that was going to have full voice acting for every line of dialogue. And d- totally serviceable, and gave all of the characters a sort of... Uh, like personality beyond what is shown in their in the text descriptions and on screen really brought it to life, which made me give a shit about them way more than I probably would have otherwise. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes it work. I think um, it, it like enhances it. Um, but yeah, and the main guy who voices Azrael and Delta Six does a good job of playing two characters. Yep, and making them sound sufficiently different. Yeah. And it was got not that. his fault that I figured it out the twist. <laughs> That's correct. Also, his Azrael voice is just like fucking chef's kiss yeah. detective it's, voice. Yeah, nice and pulpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it nails that, uh, what it's going for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thought it was extremely good. Um, <laughs> that was just the one thing that I had to fucking mm. to, to do. But the... Uh, the just like the way that the narrative sort of like threads everything together, I think is done pretty well. Um, you may have guessed the twist very quickly, and I definitely guessed it before the game revealed it to me, though by not anywhere near as wide a margin. Mm-hmm. Um, the reveal that the uh, lady, the escapee, mm-hmm. and the girl in the alleyway digging through mm-hmm. dumpsters for the same person was absolutely like a, they said her name in the thing yeah and i was just like oh <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. i got i that very much took me by yeah. surprise i called that one uh before it happened as well but not nearly as as um as, as soon right. as the main twist <laughs> 
Uh, that definitely surprised me. There were a lot like, of... As um, soon as she became more significant, like, you had to use her to get uh, crawl under the thing. Like, it made her stand out yeah. as more significant character. So when I switched back to Delta Six, I was like, oh, I, know, I recognize that voice. I got yeah. it. I got it. Uh, it just has a lot of mysteries within it. There's sub-mysteries yeah, within the mysteries. Yeah, it's like a well-constructed mm-hmm. uh, mystery narrative, for sure. It's braided... I think is the is the literary term. It is braided. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about how uh, the setting? We'll say just broadly. I like that it's Pittsburgh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I also did not know. That I think that's cool that it, it takes place somewhere that's like an hour away from here. Um, that's always fun. Like, like it's still weird to me that Pittsburgh is like one of the places in the last of us. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, I remember watching, this is a total non sequitur, uh-huh. uh, to pad out the length of this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember watching a video about the last of us, like a, some video essay on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the guy kept saying that Pittsburgh, it wasn't, he didn't say that it was Pittsburgh. He said it was just like a different city. Like he was like, it takes place in Buffalo or something. <laughs> and I remember being like, you're uh... taking the one thing away from me. Mm-hmm. And they're even like, <laughs> get to the yellow bridge. And like, yeah, Pittsburgh has like a million yellow bridges. Yeah. It's like a whole whole thing yeah uh that was frustrating so i was also surprised (laughs) to see pittsburgh pop up yeah um you forget when you live in a small town (laughs) that the nearby cities Mm -hmm. are actually like nationally well known yeah like the steelers are like genuine like people know about Mm -hmm. the team they've made and the penguins yeah true um but the pirates aren't pulling their weight (laughs) but you still get giddy you hear fucking (laughs) pittsburgh you're like oh shit yeah But um, anyway, um, I I think it's really well done. I think it's hard to do like a cyberpunk Blade Runner thing, one, without just being compared directly to Blade Runner, Um, or two, like making it feel like futuristic in that kind of cyberpunk way where it's like kind of run down and futuristic at the same time. Like, I think it's hard to do it well. Yeah. It's actually like, I feel like there's surprisingly few examples uh, like good examples to point to. And I, I think this game does really well. And I think one thing that helps it a lot is the art style. Yeah. Um, like it, I think the, the, uh, like the 16 bit or however you want to describe it, um, kind of like low fidelity, pixel art is like feels like more than just like a throwback kind of choice in this like it adds like a kind of grit to it um that really works i think it works better for this game than it does for like a lot of other pixel art games like it feels more intentionally chosen yeah i think i agree it it gives it 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 gives it an old feeling but also not the same old feeling that old point and clicks have. Mm-hmm. It does feel uniquely positioned sort of in that like mid to late nineties era of games that were probably more complicated than they should have been for the hardware they were on. Yeah. Like that's the vibe that I get from it, which kind of fits the cyberpunk theme of like technology gone past where humans can responsibly use it. We like if this was on the SNES, I'd be like, that is an irresponsible <laughs> use of the hardware. <laughs> uh, 
But no, I, I totally agree. I think, and I think graphically it looks super good. Um, mm-hmm. It was relieving to be in the facility, which I think is not the goal they were going for because it just wasn't so dour and mm. raining all the time. But it's creepy and clinical. It sure is, yeah. <laughs> I guess I prefer creepy and clinical yeah. than wet and dirty. <laughs> like the How 9000 style robot mm-hmm. uh, that talks to you. I, and the director's voice is also really good, in my mm. opinion. I think he's he feels... I never thought that it was like an AI or something. Yeah, me neither. Like, he feels very human. He emotes yeah. and stuff. It's good shit. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not like a robo voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. The one negative thing I'll say about the art style, though, is it does lead to like just a couple of instances of like a little bit of pixel hunting. Yeah. I want to call something out in the form of a question. Yeah. The Socratic method. What is your question? <laughs> uh, when... So I play this on the phone, mm, yeah, which is an interesting yeah. experience. And I played it on PC, as God intended. Yeah, the way that it was <laughs> definitely designed to be played. Uh, I wasn't sure if I would... I re- uh, everybody, hello, talking to the audience now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are following along at home, this episode is going to be pretty late, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and I was not in the state for a week. And during that period of time, I felt like if I don't finish this game, I better have it on something portable so I can finish it while I'm away. Uh, so I went with phone. And phone may not have been the choice. Uh, this game has a mechanic in it where if you tap and hold down on the screen, uh, it'll highlight things you can interact with. Mm. It did not always highlight everything I noticed. There would be times when I would hold down... And it would show me a bunch of stuff I could interact with. And then I would touch something else. And it would be like, you want to kick this? I was like, um, okay. I didn't know this was even a thing here. Uh, and I want to know if you had the same problem or if it is a unique two phones glitch. Uh, I don't think the PC version has that mechanic at all. Oh, wow. Okay. Unless I'm just miss like I, j- It's one of those classic me moments where it brought it up and then I promptly forgot about it and never used it. While that is possible, like, I can I also don't, see why this would be implemented yeah, for Yeah, I don't think that it has that. Like, I don't think you can highlight stuff in the environment. Okay, interesting. That that actually, that to me fucking closes the book on everything. <laughs> it was just like, it was a mechanic they implemented because phones are more awkward to scan the environment with. it's a smaller with. screen. Yeah. It's harder to see stuff. And just stuff ended up getting missed mm-hmm. when they were implementing it. That tracks in my head. That does make sense. Yeah. Uh, back on the setting, though, mm-hmm. um, and the theme, I guess, specifically, this being a cyberpunk story, um, is it made me think, like you said, about Blade Runner, like a lot of things Yeah, do. it's very clearly going for Blade Runner. Like, Asriel looks like Harrison Ford. He does. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there's, it, there's this interesting, like, through line, and I think it's just sort of almost what the genre was designed for when you look at stuff like blade runner or for the gamers in the audience uh like deus ex mm-hmm. cyberpunk narratives have a tendency to have this focus on like humanity personhood like what makes you a human being yeah uh and so i liked seeing that again because I have absolutely no respect for <laughs> novelty or uh, ingenuity. Uh-huh. Um, but used in this case, like, 
it's it's such a classic they are the same character thing but when you use it in the context of a cyberpunk story it takes on this new like element of it because it's your memory that's being erased to and then a new personality created Mm -hmm. it's not the most unique narrative but it fits so well in the setting uh and it's very easy to just take in stride when it gets revealed in the story, you know, like at no point are you like, oh, that's so fucking contrived. You're like, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it, it fits really well um, because I yeah, like I feel like there's always like a theme of like, at least in my head with the cyberpunk stuff, it's like we've kind of outlived our planet. Mm. And like, what does that it's like an identity thing? Like, what does that mean for us? Um, it's usually like set takes place on like some yeah like a fuck to death version of the (laughs) earth and like the other planets that we can go to also just seem like it's just like scummy shitty places yeah um so yeah it just it defits that like that kind of searching for identity it's almost like an existential question of like where do we even fit in now yeah uh so it worked out really well for me i thought that this story felt really at home in the setting and it was cool to just see a, a nice little point-and-click game made well after the the heyday of the genre, uh, sort of like tackle this in you know in a even classic way for the genre. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess another thing I wanted to mention is I think it's really impressive, or one of those things that I feel is like inspiring about certain kinds of little indie games is like. I like how much this game gets out of its, like, limited art assets. Mm. Like, a lot of the facility is, like, the same rooms. And, like, you know, like, the the Pittsburgh area is, like, a city block. You know, like, there's not, like, a ton of different screens. But, like, it really gets a lot out of it. Like, it never feels, like, repetitive or, like... um uh, another game we played um, called Sally Face. Mm-hmm. Its first couple of episodes are like in an apartment building, and it gets kind of old yeah. after a while. Um, but that is also a good game. You should check it out. Also, <laughs> Pittsburgh Connection because the creators from Pittsburgh. That's true. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I think this handled it really well in like pacing out its narrative and like the swapping back and forth helps a lot. And like it just I I found that really impressive that it just never felt like it got old yeah i wish that they had done less with the apartment building because of the identically laid out stairs and floors but yeah i also kind of like i almost want to give it a pass because for like narrative and theming reasons because it's like cheap housing on this burned out shitty planet it's all 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 looks the same yeah it's just all mass produced sort of so it it makes sense the way that it is but i don't necessarily want to run up the stairs anymore ever again please Uh uh-huh or go Uh, up and down the elevator (laughs) yeah um i i actually i forgot to mention this earlier to ask anyway did you make use of the swapping of the characters Okay, I'm glad that you brought this up, because I think I might have forgotten, and I did want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, no? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> like, I, I know, like, um, I was watching a couple reviews, as I do before we record, to get, uh, like, other people's opinions and stuff. But um, I, I know it was referenced, because this game comes with a commentary track, yeah. um, which I didn't get to actually experience myself, but um, someone mentioned that they implemented that because they wanted to, like, combat that, like... Um, 
classic point and click uh, conundrum of like getting stuck and just quitting. And they like they wanted it to be that like if you got stuck, you could just switch to the other character if you wanted. Right. And you'd have something to do. Uh, which I think is uh, like uh, on paper sounds great, you know, because um, it does suck to hit a wall in a point and click because then you just can't play the game really anymore. You're just kind of <laughs> wandering around. Um, but yeah, like I think it does go against human nature, though, um, like at least for me. And it seems like it's going to be the same for you um, that I just played all the way up to where I couldn't go any further with one character and then switch to the other. Yeah, I'll give the the shout out that there was the first time that it was implemented i did switch back to Azrael. yeah me too i switched back to him immediately and then did his whole thing yep. before doing it so i wouldn't have had the option to do that otherwise so that's something mm-hmm. um but for me personally and like i more power to anybody who wants to implement this kind of a thing in a game because i'm sure it works for someone but for me specifically, whenever I get stuck in a game, it's a lot easier for me to just sort of buckle down and just solve the problem. If I left and came back, I felt like there would be too many things that I had forgotten. Yeah, I also have the same worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. At least when we're doing games for the podcast, I feel like I wouldn't have that problem because I'm playing it in a short period of time. But I was just playing it for fun. You know, it could be like a week in between yeah. times that you're playing. So that is like a real concern, I would think. Yeah, there's and there's also just an element of like, there's a lot of times in a point and click game, and this is just a genre wide problem where you just have to check all the stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, I checked everything that seemed like it made sense to me. Uh, if I could shout out to that newspaper salesman who I talked to all <laughs> yeah. the goddamn time. Uh, <laughs> but like, just. You just have to go through and be like, all right, I look at this dumpster. Anything in there? No. I look at this window. Can I kick it? No. Don't want to do that. That's fine. So you do all that. If I then stopped and switched back, I would have to check all that shit again. Again, yeah. Like, did I, did I try kicking this window yet? Probably. Let's do it again just to be sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that might just be a personal neurosis, but... Uh, you know, I feel like that's definitely a thing that like a lot of other people probably do too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's that with that. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, mm. there's, it's definitely not like totally, uh, as smooth as it could be, but yeah, that is more like genre wide problems than specifically this game. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, just to make sure I don't forget to do it is, um, Paying homage to another cyberpunk uh, franchise other than just Blade Runner. Uh, uh, the, the main cast of Cowboy Bebop is in this game as, like, Easter eggs. Uh-huh. Uh, which I think is very strange. Um, I, I like that show a lot, and I could definitely see its influence on this and, like, why you'd want to do that. Um, but, like, I only found one. I found Ed on the top floor of one of the hotel buildings um, that you never have to go to. And uh, it, it's mostly weird because of, like, the color palette is, like, wrong. Like, it's like so much brighter colored and, like, not dour or, like, uh, yeah, they just don't fit the tone, which makes it just feel really weird. Yeah, it does seem strange. Yeah. Uh, it's the, one of those things that, like, and I didn't look into this to know if this was this developer's first game or not. Um, I think it is. But I feel like you do feel that pull to be, like... 
this may be the only time I do this. Yeah. So I want to like stick in something that's going to like and, make me happy. And they're pretty well hidden. So like, I think it's fine. Yeah. For yeah. example, I didn't find any of yeah, them. Yeah. There you go. So. Um, I also they, wouldn't know if I found them though. So mm, you would know. Okay. You'd be like this. What was with this weird character? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Maybe. I don't know. I, I would think they would stand out. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just, just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Um, I'm like probably ready to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, uh let me scan. Yeah, I think I'm ready to. Uh, I think just one other thing just on the, the, since you mentioned the, the cowboy bebop characters, mm-hmm. what about the characters who were more intentional in the story? Do you think that they were like, how do I describe this? useful like did you think that they gave the the npcs that you actually talked to enough like of a position in the world that you felt like you were getting useful information from them um i think so um i I actually liked that in like delta sixes half you actually had to like rely on other people and try to like you know like you're like you're sneak it has that feeling of like sneaking around and it it does make it feel like kind of like a like prison fiction where you're asking for favors from people like you trade in meal tickets <laughs> uh that kind of stuff i thought that was cool and and then in Azriel's case you never see the people you talk to like on your communicator until the end um so like i there, that felt like there was like kind of like a like a contrast between those two things that i thought was interesting um but yeah it did feel like the the characters were more a part of the story than a, a lot of other point and clicks. Like a lot of others, it's just you doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like I liked what they did with them. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you gave a little context on that because I, I may be falling into a bit of a bad apple and the bunch sort of situation <laughs> uh-huh. because you're 100% correct about the Delta six segments. I think the parts in the prison, uh, I love all of those characters and their existence and the fact that you have to actually think about what everybody is doing. You don't necessarily, it's, it's not, it's good for the narrative to I, know those characters. It was so satisfying. One of the most satisfying puzzle moments for me, it was noticing that there was a men's and women's uh, like section and then actually having to go and get um, whatever the, the female character's name is i can't remember epsilon five yeah that's it yeah epsilon five you had to go get her and ask her to let you into the women's uh bunks or whatever the cells um so i that was just so satisfying that that detail mattered yeah like and i i noticed it early yeah no that shit is is very good um and then yeah i think just in delta six's segments within the facility i think a lot of the characters really feel really good and well used uh i felt like in Azrael's section with the exception of like the big named characters everyone was the same guy mm. uh there may have been two or three guys but they were all they all fell into an archetype yeah um like both the the <laughs> the hotel bellhop and also the newspaper salesmen were just, like, the helpful and unhelpful version of the same man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just, like, I don't know, some of that stuff, I was just, like, I think because I did Azrael, then the mm. then Delta Six, then Azrael, and then when it was supposed to switch back, I just did Azrael again. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in that very, like, short period of just interacting with, like, mob member, guy selling shit, drug addict. Yeah. And it was, like, okay, like... 
can I get some variation on this? Like something a little bit more tangible. Um, but yeah, you're a hundred percent correct about Delta Six's section though. The, mm-hmm. the characters were super well fleshed out and important. So yeah, like I feel like I didn't. I think that your uh, observation is is legitimate. But like I feel like I didn't even really think about it because there is something like like an impersonal nature to like being in a city. I think sure. Yeah. Like I think it it, it it's intentionally like themed like that where you don't really interact with people as much. Uh, as Azrael, yeah. Plus, they're all hopped up on the juice. Yeah, they're all juice juice heads. <laughs> it's a bunch of fucking juice heads. Uh, <laughs> do we have final exam thoughts? Can okay, we es- okay. can we escape the podcast using our by passing our final exam? All thoughts? right, all right. That one that's that's not terrible. <laughs> anyway, so my final exam thoughts are uh, this game like. Uh, it was one that I don't remember how I found it. I think it popped up in like a Steam queue or something, and I was like, ah, like a because you played like Franbo or I don't even know what. Yeah. But um, and I, it just looked cool, like a detective game. Like we do this podcast, we do this dumb mystery themed month. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it could be a mystery May game, and it was just a total roll of the dice. Like I didn't know like anything about it, and it ended up being didn't disappoint. Like um, it's exactly the kind of like interesting little indie game that I like to do um for for Pocket. Um, it's yeah, like I said, it, it kind of feels like inspiring almost like it's this short game made by like a small team and it's really ambitious um but it's it does it in such a way that like everything feels additive i think is how you put it earlier and i i think that's a good way to describe it um and yeah and there's a lot of the theming and the elements and the art feel really well considered like it feels like a really inspired idea um it 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 does it has a lot of good like detective intrigue it is a good mystery story it's a good cyberpunk story which i mean i guess i don't really look for it that hard but i Mm -hmm. feel like there aren't that many um in my experience um so yeah i think it it does all that kind of like the presentation and themes and like the all that side of things like really well and then on the mechanical side it's a fairly standard point and click like it's pretty solid um i do like it kind of tried to streamline the inventory i like the idea of like switching between two characters um so yeah like i think the the mechanical side holds up and the for me anyway like the all like the story and the themes and everything are like the more exciting part about it so um yeah i i like this um it was it was a nice surprise didn't disappoint um, but I, w- I was pleased um, once I got into it that I was enjoying it as much as I was. Yep. <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, this this game surprised me on a lot of different levels. Um, it is an older game. I was honestly kind of surprised by the when it came out. Uh, and I this, to me, felt like something that would have been more modern uh, in this like very more simplified age of point and clicks. Um, but getting into it, you immediately realize, like, this is, like, one of the point-and-click revival-style games where it's going to take a lot from the genre that it's that it's in. And uh, that's kind of uh, my thesis for a lot of this. Uh, this game feels, I don't want to say derivative because it's got such a negative connotation. It pulls... Inspired by? Yeah, it definitely pulls from 
the genres that it is uh, that that it is using. Uh, the point and click stuff is there, including that, like I mentioned, the very old Sierra style, like multiple ways of interacting with every object in the environment. The cyberpunk narrative feels very at home in its genre. The look of the world in both the city and also the facility feel straight out of other media that you just sort of accumulate through your life. It's it's going to feel like a very at-home kind of game. But the narrative is really competently written. The voice acting is great. Uh, it's got a sense of atmosphere to it. And I think this these all sort of pull it ahead of the pack so in a way so to speak um it doesn't feel like something that is trying to use nostalgia uh of the point and click genre to do something it feels like it has something to say itself and says it really well sometimes with real human voices um so yeah i really like this game i really enjoyed my time with it and uh make no mistake this isn't going to this game doesn't break down walls if you are not already predisposed to like a point and click adventure game this isn't going to be the game that really fucking breaks through to you the shooting mechanics aren't going to make it uh (laughs) make it do it for you no uh but if you do like point and clicks and have not played this one it's one i would absolutely recommend to you so uh, you can only play through Grim Pandago and Day of the Tentacle so many times, really. You gotta get something new going on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're gonna be talking about Pac-Man <laughs> 2, the new adventure. I think there's a plural. Yeah, yeah alright, that's the one. That's the two. Uh, yeah, this one was suggested in our Discord, so if you also want to suggest a game, uh, we have a suggestions tab for that. Um, but if, as far as I know, like, Pac-Man 2 is really weird, um, in that, like, you, 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 like, you don't play, it's like a weird second person game. You don't play it, you experience You don't really it. play as Pac-Man, like, you just try and suggest for him to do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. We'll yeah. get into it. I don't know a ton about it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm just always excited. <laughs> uh, and also, yeah, jump back. We, this is a short Mystery Main month, so pop back in yeah, we're next very time busy. for uh, fucking uh, another game with a strange title, Disco Elysium. Uh, so look forward to that one also. Got to keep the Mystery May together. Yes. It may be small, but it's strong in unity. Mm-hmm. You tie two reads together. <laughs> Etc. 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 Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at NoClip Podcast or at Splattershot There you can find our email address, our Twitter account, the Discord where you can talk about the games or suggest new ones for us to play. Uh, you can find our YouTube, which contains all of our past episodes, including ones on Grim Fandango, on the Cat Lady. And other point and clicks. Mm-hmm. We do them on occasion. And not broken age. Yeah, broken yeah. age. We harvester. Yeah, <laughs> we do like them a lot. We just try not to oversaturate. Yeah, because podcast with them. <laughs> we know the audience for the that genre is very small. Yes. <laughs> uh, fucking lick that like button. <laughs> Use your foot to step up onto that bar so that you can then use your hands to grab the fire escape.
And ring that bell. And ring the bell. <laughs>、uh, I, I couldn't pull any F、uh, terms out of my ass, so. Good.、Uh, I will accept that one. Except farts. So, <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that one. And scene. Whew.